the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Uh, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Last week's climb in the U.S. Treasury yields has sparked a broad stock retreat worldwide with investors feeling cautious. Is this the beginning and the end of the bull market? Good questions. It's important to have questions, right? What's doing well today? Utilities, consumer staples, and consumer discretionary. Got to have food, consumer staples. Got to have utilities, electricity, and internet. And then the discretionary? Yeah, not so much. Um, it's a market's run. It's got a high valuation, and maybe it's got a valuation compression going on. Uh, nothing wrong with what we're seeing out there, but, 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 but. Um, we've had a big run. And maybe it's the pause that refreshes. I don't know. I do know, but I'm not going to tell you. Of course I don't know. Um, you're seeing consumer staples do well. Uh, Coca-Cola higher. PepsiCo higher. Gold lower. Silver lower which doesn't make a lot of sense if a market's starting to get afraid of higher interest rates. You're seeing Fang, Facebook holding in there, but a little on the weaker side. Uh, Netflix down, Apple down, Amazon down, Google up. Um, But last week, Fang stocks had a rough week. So this week we get financial earnings. We get a lot of uh, data from J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo. That's late, late, late in the week. Um, And then we start marching towards Christmas and Halloween and Thanksgiving, where we start losing a little bit of focus on the markets. But it's also a big time for consumers, especially, obviously, Christmas. I think we have a phone call, 800-516-1220. Goal in Fremont. Goal, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. What's up? Rob, I was wanting to get your opinion on uh, Facebook. I remember you had said, uh, earlier that anything below 158 should be a good entry point. And I was wondering if you still think that way, is a good time to buy? Yeah, first and foremost, I don't use a lot of term like good entry point, but that's when it becomes interesting. Um, and I try to say that's slightly different, and thanks for the call goal, in large part because I'm not an entry point kind of guy. I'm not an exit point kind of guy. I'm a buy great companies kind of guy. Um, I think the people who are telling you entry points and exit points are kind of like chicken bones, chicken bones, chicken bones. Um, let's talk a lot about Facebook, because I think it's, it's, it's timely. First and foremost, Facebook is dominant. I think they've had some missteps with security. I think they've had some missteps with privacy. Today, they unveil some speakers and video phones that I think you have to wonder, does the privacy and, and security issue worry you? So far, they've done a, a piss-poor, horrible job of protecting uh, users' information. So how long does that stay? How long does that stigma stick? You know, Home Depot went through a hack. Target went through a hack. 
Uh, Equifax went through a hack. Uh, we're going to get through hacks after hacks after hacks. How long does it take to forgive somebody? If I bought Facebook today, I would probably think it's dead money for 18 months. If it's not, I'm happy. If it is, I'm good with that. Facebook is the face of social media. That's a big statement. But it's also the face of social media for good and bad. The social networking juggernaut, which continues to grow quickly, even as it has these public relation issues, lets users share information, post photos and videos, play games, and otherwise connect with one another through online profiles. The site, which allows outside developers to build apps and integrate with Facebook, boasts more than 2 billion monthly active users. They own some dominant properties. So not only do they own, like, I'm not going to say Palo Alto, but let's say the Palo Alto, but they also own Menlo Park, Mountain View, um, some of the big cities around Palo Alto. In this case, they own Facebook. But they also own Instagram. They also own Messenger and WhatsApp. I hate Messenger. I like WhatsApp, but it's never been sticky with me. We don't know much about Oculus, their virtual reality technology content. But one of the things they announced today was some speakers, video speakers, that I, I think are going to be tricky. There's no shortage of speakers in American homes today. So they're calling it Portal. We already have Alexa. We've got Siri. We've got Google. It's a pretty crowded space. And Facebook says, we want in. Fast-growing smart speaker market. It's going to use some of the technology that Oculus is creating. So, for instance, if you do a video call, it's going to maybe say, you can turn your back room into a dinosaur cave. Or you can turn it into a disco. You start a video call by saying, hey, Portal, call Rob Black. Or call my friend Rob Black. So it's tied to your your Facebook Messenger services, and it's trying to get everything tied together. Who else is trying to tie everything together? Well, Apple's the obvious one. The watch, Apple Watch, doesn't work with any other smartphone than the Apple phone. The Apple EarPods, AirPods, work best with Apple phones, right? So you kind of see how that ecology is trying to tie everything together. It has a smart camera, which uses artificial intelligence. The portal does that will follow you around the room, for instance. Cute. It'll stream music from Spotify, Pandora, and Amazon Music. I've already put down some significant money in Sonos speakers and Siri speakers. I, I, I don't need another one. That's a little bit of the problem about being late to the game with Facebook. Um, it does not work with Apple Music, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Now. Yet. But, again, it, it's going to come with Amazon's Alexa Voice Assistant built in. So you could say, hey... Uh, Portal, how are my teams doing? How's the weather? How's the Yankees-Boston series looking? Is it going to go four or five? It'll talk back to you. Um, The Portal, which is a 10-inch screen, is going to be $199. The Portal Plus is a 16-inch screen, essentially, priced at $349. I don't like Facebook. I look at Facebook as, you know, it's been ruined by moms and dads. Uh, I know that I'm not going to really say that, but I own Facebook. I should, I should acknowledge that. Would I buy it today? Maybe, if I had some extra money laying around, but I think I could find some other things that are more intriguing to me. Um, some analysts see it going to 210, 220 in the next 12 months. That wouldn't surprise me, but they're going to have to report great numbers, which they will do. And they're going to have to stay out of the headlines on issues that could drag them to Congress. 
testify on social on security and privacy. Um, it's interesting because it's one of those companies. I feel it's like I know you're gonna, you're gonna laugh at me when I say this. I feel it's kind of like Philip Morris, where I don't really like the company, but they're so good at what they do that I kind of want to stick around. They've got a lot of monetization to go, and it's interesting because I think Sheryl Sandberg wants to get out of the company, but before she gets out of the company, she has to fix the company. Um, a lot of people think she's going to run for office one day. And if she doesn't fix the company, people will say, well, you kind of got involved in Facebook, made a billion dollars, and then, um, well, how shall you say, you left it in disrepair. I like the name. I, I, it's really, really tough to say that it's, it's compellingly interesting right now. Um, we don't know how much their last hack affected, 50 million plus people, how much so. Um, I can find other tech companies to invest in right now. I like the name. I have the name. Figure it out for yourself. Thanks for the call. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay. Let's test each other. And email me if you got this right. And I don't know what the question's going to be, and there's no prize. But you can always email me, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. If you want a list of famous quotes made by the one, the only Warren Buffett, send me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. I'll get that out to you. The movie industry is currently loaded with superheroes. I don't know how old you have to be or how many times you have to see it to really sense. And this ties into the stock market. Give me just a second. Um, we've kind of seen it, been there, done it, seen it, right? Um, we went through a, well, let's, let's just stick with superheroes. There's a, a line in a movie or somewhere, good guy shoots bad guy, bad guy dies. But I want to buy bad guy, I want to buy good guy bullets, given bad guys, because good guys shoot once and take out a bad guy. Bad guys shoot a hundred times and always mess. But we're loaded with superhero films. Sometimes they're ensemble films like Justice League. Sometimes they're the Avengers, or uh, you get the idea. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four crossover with X-Men. And they're always good guys, right? Always good guys, good guys, good guys, good guys. And that's been working pretty darn well. Well, this weekend, Venom comes out and pulls in $80 million. And Venom's a bad guy. And later this year, there's going to be a... Not this year. Um, next year, a Joker film. Um, Warner Brothers is working on an origin story for the infamous Batman villain, starring Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix is the title character. Um, Todd Phillips, known for directorial and screenwriting pedigree, is the director. And he's gonna, you know, he's turned out comedies like Old School, Borat, and the Hangover trilogy. So he's gonna be doing the Joker. And from what I've seen so far of Joaquin Phoenix, the, the the releases, it it's like I don't know, I I don't know if I need another Joker film. Heath Ledger did it great, but I definitely don't need a, a, a superhero film anymore. Um, I'm not saying that uh, Superman and Batman are ruined forever by the recent string of films, but I, I'm a little tired of it. And how many times do we have to see Thor make jokes about a hammer and being strong and blah, blah, blah? 
So the movie industry is currently loaded with superheroes. And now we're starting to see the industry say, okay, we see the supply. We see the demand. The supply of superhero movies is, is off the charts. So we can't get enough people to continue to like spread their dollars. So let's come up with something new, an anti-hero film. And you can think of anti-heroes as Breaking Bad from AMC, where Walter White started off as a chemistry teacher. He ends up getting cancer, and he's like, i got to provide for my family. And he's willing to cross uh, drug dealers, the police. He's willing to cross whoever gets in his way. He uses chemistry degree to come up with unbelievably powerful drugs. Crack, or venom, uh, not crack, uh, meth maybe? Have you ever seen... I'm, I'm going to drop it before I even say it, but the teeth on people with meth? Oh, boy. Oh, my, my, my. So Wall Street's not Wall Street, but kind of Wall Street. Venom is such a bad movie. It got panned, panned um, by the reviewers, by the critics. But yet 91% of consumers on Rotten Tomatoes were looking forward to seeing it. Spider-Man's out there, and it's part of the Spider-Man universe. And this is actually part of the Marvel universe that Disney doesn't own, but Sony does. And people can relate to villains at times, right? A great villain makes a greater hero. And you can argue he helped make Spider-Man the biggest comic book character over Batman and Superman. I myself... Spider-Man, 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 Was I a Spider-Man? Spider-Man I, I, yeah, I was definitely more of a Spider-Man fan as a kid. But holding on to a PG-13 rating was probably a bit of a mistake, in my opinion. It gives you, you know, more ability to hit full potential. But I want my bad guys to be bad. You know what I'm saying? So Venom leads, it lends itself to some, you know, shocking action violence. He's a vigilante. He'll eat body parts. Maybe if you go with the R-rated route, you can unleash the full Venom Fury, so to speak. But then again, you may have to miss out on some box office do re me. There's a lot of Spider-Man universe spinoffs that could happen. Uh, Craven, the Hunter, Black Cat and Morbius. Um, Black Cat and Morpheus has Jared Leto attached as the lead. Black Cat and Morbius. Uh, there's a mystique, you know, seeing the other side of the coin. We've seen Superman come to the Earth from Krypton, where his parents died in a horrible, horrible civil war on the planet. Where did the bad guy come from? And it goes back to that, uh, was it Shattered by M. Night Shyamalan? Where Bruce Willis plays a good guy. He doesn't know he's a good guy. He doesn't know he's a superhero. But the bad guy is Professor Purple. or uh, He's not Professor Purple, but he wears purple, right? And you need a good bad guy to make a better good guy. So Venom set an October record, which is telling you that like, there's some demand for this, supply and demand. Um, Spider-Man is one of the top-tier Marvel superheroes, Sony and Warner Brothers, which is part of AT&T. Now, like, again, you're like, AT&T make movies? Yeah, because they own Warner Brothers, which is part of Warner Media, which they just bought. I'm like, whoa. Um, anyway, character arcs are something we're interested in, and I'm just going to go back to the supply-demand punch this one more time and then I'll stop very very smart of Hollywood to say we're getting saturated and investing if everyone's buying Facebook and Amazon and Netflix and Google and Apple it's saturated so maybe look at Microsoft or Adobe 
where it's not saturated. Or maybe you're starting to look at something a little bit different, um, like a Goldman Sachs, which will benefit from higher interest rates. A Citibank. Now, a Citibank makes me nervous because right now the world economies feel weak, whereas the U.S. economy feels great. So maybe a Bank of America, which is more U.S.-based. Um, a lot of chatter on the 10-year treasury. A lot to think about at this point in time on supply and demand issues and the conventional wisdom of, of following the herd. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm going to put together an updated Money 101 set of radio shows slash podcasts sometime soon. In the Money 101s, I go over what is a bond, what is a mutual fund, what is an index fund, should I buy my own company shares or not, what's the right mix of stocks and bonds, should I invest in stocks or in a stock mutual fund, should I um, look into mutual funds or ETFs, how do I choose the difference, how many of these things do I need, do I buy health insurance when I retire, how do I pick credit cards, Um, a lot of good questions. And I, I, sadly, I don't feel like we really learned a lot of this in high school. Thankfully, I have a radio show where I can throw some of it out there. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We've talked about Facebook and Venom so far. And, you know, Facebook t- used to take up more of my eyeballs. Now it takes up less time. I think that's worthy of note. I think that's worthy of note. Stocks started off the week where they left off last week lower. Can't blame the bond market for the 10-year Treasury moving higher or lower because it is Native Indigenous People's Day. It's funny, I was talking to someone from the state of Washington yesterday. He goes, hey, you got Columbus Day off tomorrow? I'm like, oh, no, 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 in the state of California, we refer to it as Native Indigenous People's Day. And he was like, you crazy Californians. You're totally upsetting the Italian-Americans and their hero, Christopher Columbus, so as to appease a a minority group. I'm like, oh, God. Is that what the world thinks of California? That is what the world thinks of California. So that's out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Mark Zuckerberg had to come out and basically with a fire extinguisher because during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings... One of their key employees was sitting right behind Brett Kavanaugh, giving him support. 3,000 miles away from Washington, D.C., Facebook had to have an emergency town hall meeting for employees. Joel Kaplan, Facebook's vice president for global public policy, upset employees when he sat behind Kavanaugh. Interesting, right? We are a hotly contested, hotly contested nation at this point in time. So Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg and Charles Haddenberg had to emphasize Facebook as a place of diverse opinions that should be tolerated and supported. Facebook declined to comment on you know, this news, but hundreds of Facebook employees were reportedly furious over Kaplan's appearance on TV screens nationwide. And uh, employees were already rankled by the company being pulled in political debates stemming from Russian manipulation of the platform in 2016. 
Google's got employees who are upset that their technology is being used by the U.S. military to ultimately kill people. Or you could say protect innocent lives. Or ultimately to kill people. It's a challenge, is it not? Do you see where I'm going with this? So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Not a lot of big stories today. It is a holiday, a banking holiday, if not a national holiday. So that's out there as far as how how do we develop this going forward. Um, Interest rates are climbing. Interest rates are at a seven-year high, and that gives the bear market, people who think the market's going lower, some ammo. Yet we're still up for the year. Uh, Again, worthy of note. As the 10-year treasury climbs, it's going to affect a lot of things. Higher car buying costs, lower real estate prices because costlier fixed-rate mortgages. Um, Adjustable-rate mortgages will move higher. So if you got it because it was a low payment, well, it's going to be a low payment plus a little bit more now. And now you're starting to worry and panic. I got a five-year arm because I know real estate's always going to go up two years in this arm, and real estate's not going up in my market. So you have to go, what do I do? For the record, I hate hard money. I hate private loans. I don't think they should exist to the average consumer out there. They're unregulated, and that's why they exist. Very, very, very risky. So the 10-year treasury moving higher will mean higher credit card payments and 401k potholes. As you'll see that you know, people go, well, why am I owning PG&E that doesn't have a dividend? Or why am I owning a, a dividend-paying company like a utility, like an Edison International, when I'm getting a similar rate of return without growth, and I can go out and get a 10-year treasury at the same rate of return but safety? It's a good question. So that can affect your portfolio, your stock portfolio. But on a mortgage, I think it's worthy to talk about this just for a second. And Trust me, I, I own stocks, I own bonds, I own real estate. I'm not in love with mortgages or real estate. I don't love my children. My children's stocks, bonds, and real estate are my children, right? And I, I try not to, to fall in love. I try to use them as you know, tools to get into retirement. But as mortgage rates go up, buyer affordability goes down. And I can tell you what my first mortgage payment was. Uh, it was back on the East Coast. It was something like $885, $858. It was about all I could afford. I don't know what mortgage rate I had. I, I kind of do. It was two mortgages. I had a second and a first mortgage. And uh, if I got the mortgages at 6%, I probably couldn't have afforded 7%. So you take this one buyer off the market, but there's more than one buyer who suddenly says the affordability has changed. So if you have a $200,000 mortgage, 200000 at 5%, you're going to be paying 1074 bucks. But if you have a $200,000 mortgage at 4%, it's 955 So that saves you, what, $120, $130 a month? $1,300 plus, $1,400 plus a year? That's a lot of money for the average American who makes you know, $55,000, $60,000. In the Bay Area, you know, $2,000 mortgage payment is like... Wow, I wish I had that. So interest rates are a big story right now, and rightfully so. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, more. Oh, boy, i got a little bit of a burp coming. Um, a little gassy. 
So as interest rates move higher, a lot of people will give up on dividend stocks. And I don't want you to be reactionary because we're, we're due to settle down in the interest rate move. We went from, you know, 281, 29, 28, 29, 28, 29, 295, 3. And then, whoa, 3132, 3.25. It moved fast. It was pent up. It was ready to move. It didn't. It was pent up. It was ready to move. It didn't. It was pent up. It was ready to move. It didn't. And then it did. So dividends have been out of favor at times. And stocks will swing back and forth. And dividends will swing back and forth as in favor, out of favor. Uh, I like dividends. I can't lie. Now, do I like utility dividends? I'm okay. Like Verizon is a utility, right? A phone company that provides phone service. I'm going to take a look at Verizon, who pays 4.4%. I own AT&T, who pays 5.5%. I'm going to look at Altria, who pays 5.2%, or Duke Energy, who owns 4.6%. Those are still good numbers compared to what you can get with 10-year treasury. And you get some buybacks and a couple other things. Dividends are so important to your long-term success or failure on Wall Street. Um, And I like doing dividend reinvestment. So let's say I own shares of Apple, and they pay me a dollar for every $100 of stock I own with them. I have them go out and buy another dollar of Apple stock or have them buy another dollar of a different stock. I don't have it sit there in cash. So dividends are pretty darn important, in my opinion. That's what I work for. Um, that's what I got. Aging gracefully, right? What are some things that you need to remember on your checklist? I think you should have a checklist. We'd be able to pay off should you save? Should you pay off debt? How much do you think you're going to hit in assets and liabilities and Social Security? All that information is out there. If you have access to your bank accounts or access to your financial uh, financial statements or your brokerage accounts, you can get online and go to ssa.gov. You can kind of start seeing where you're going to go in retirement. You know, one of the interesting things is, you know, I told you everything kind of moves in weird little cycles. One of them is bankruptcy. You haven't heard a lot about bankruptcy attorneys or debt collectors recently, have you? I'm Rob Black, talking cycles, investments, strategies, and much, much more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I want to send a big shout out to my mother. 50 years ago today, she kicked me out. The house? No, her womb. Sweet. Eight plus, eight plus pounds. Give a woman credit. Give a woman credit. She kicked out six kids. Um, so w- when you turn fifty, you start thinking, "What's my financial priority checklist?" And I, I got to do a great birthday dinner and spent way too much money with friends and loved ones last night. And uh, you got you kind of see a reflection on your life when people stand up and tell you, you know, the first time they met you. Apparently, A, I'm famous for being on radio and TV. B, I'm pretty high strung when it comes to managing kids' soccer. And C, um, refer to A and B. <laughs> I don't have any friends other than financial people and uh, soccer dads. Yeah, we don't need to do that. We don't need, yeah, yeah. We don't need any of that. So, I'm a Generation Xer. Generation Xers are the ones who are poised to turn 50 right now. 
And we're not lagging behind in the retirement prep like so many other Americans. We're pretty um, smart and savvy. We saw, you know, a couple booms and busts in the economy, whereas millennials have seen more busts than booms. But now they're involved at the tail end of one of the biggest booms ever. So you kind of get perspective as you age. Right now, we're seeing about 45% of Generation Xers, even though they know about investing for retirement, even though they know about you only have 10 more years of working, essentially, 45% don't even want to think about it. Now, in 2010, that was 35%. So as we're getting older, we're saying, uh, we don't even want to think about it. The midpoint of your life, 50, it used to seem old, not anymore. 50 is the new 30. I don't believe that. I see people dying on a regular basis at age 50. Halfway to the century mark? Maybe. If I make it uh, the 70s and 80s years, I'll be thrilled. There's a 50% chance of living beyond 80. For me, statistically. As I turn 50, I start thinking, you know, downward slope? Physically? Maybe a little bit. You know, I have a doctor's appointment, and they're going to freeze off a couple skin things. I know you're saying, ew. If anyone wants them, I will, I'll sell them on eBay. I know you're saying, why would I want that? Um, because it's got my, my uh, financial genius genetic DNA on it, right? Um, so I'm starting to plan my second act. What's my second act going to be? I worked really, really hard since I've been 15 years old, 14 years old. And uh, I wanted to get successful. I wanted to have enough to buy a house. I wanted enough to have, you know, be able to settle down. Be able, you know, not work till the day I died. So I, I got there. Do I want to be a working retiree? No. Um, so somewhere in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, I'm done. So what I have accumulated needs to last me maybe a little bit longer. Because my dad lived 58, and I used to think that most people were going to die right around 65, 70. Those who lingered longer doesn't look like fun. So in your 30s, you want, in your early 30s, you want one to two times your salary. Um, but by the time you hang it up, you want 10 times your salary. Now, some financial planners will say eight times. I'll say 10 to 20. You know why? Because I don't want you looking back. As the great Oasis song, don't look back in anger. I don't want you being 60, 65, 70 thinking, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm eating these beanie weenies. I'm eating this this horrible food, spam. Which, for the record, spam is horrible, horrible, horrible food. There's a lot of conventional wisdom that says when you turn 50, you should start dialing back on your stocks and ramping up on your bonds. Not for me. Um, I have enough to live till the day I die. I have enough to provide for my family and loved ones easily. But I want the 10-year treasury at 35 4 4.5% before I start saying I want some safe money in bonds. Somewhere between 35 and 4 for sure. Now, you're starting to see the stock market get a little bit, how shall we say, antsy as the 10-year treasury starts moving closer to my 3.5% number. People like me may say, you know what? I don't need the volatility of Facebook or Apple or Google. I don't need... You know, Goldman Sachs or Bank of America. A lot of those stocks I own. It's all broke Verizon for taking the um, So for me, there's still more room for my 401k to grow. That's why I'm sticking more with stocks. But as you're seeing that 10-year treasury move higher, you're starting to see people say, I'm going to cash out on my big gains in the stock market 
and sock some stuff away in a bond that'll earn interest every year. And some people are comfortable with that. Um, gender matters a lot when you turn 50. Women save less for retirement than men do, nearly 40% less. Women typically earn less, too, which means when it comes time to tap Social Security, it's probably going to be less than the man's, unless you know there's a marriage there where you can take your husband's Social Security versus yours. Statistically, women live about three years longer than men. But that doesn't paint the whole picture. The number of women 65 and older is nearly 30% higher than the number of men. So you got to like make life easier. You got to, you know, max out your 401k still. You need to start getting a durable power of attorney put together. You need to draft a will or a trust. If you live in California and have a home, I suggest a trust. You need to start thinking like, can I pay off my mortgage or not? And just be honest with yourself. I think 50 is that honest time in my opinion. So it's also your peak at earnings time and it's also the time typically when your kids are going to college unless you're a late starter. And guess what? You're eligible for AARP, a 10% discount on AT&T. Woohoo! Not from me. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.